Let's talk some economics on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. The city of Toronto has been taking, of course, a massive hit, as all governments at all levels have when it comes to their uh, finances as the pandemic continues. And according to the city, the best case scenario, the best prediction they've got right now, puts the city at a $1.5 billion loss of revenue. Mayor Tory is calling on the provincial and federal governments before drastic cuts, he says, will be needed. If the city can't make up the money, Tory is warning that he'll have to hike taxes and make massive cuts, including cuts to the TTC, fire and police services, and libraries. So just what does this mean for you as a taxpayer and for families like yours? Let's welcome in 640 Toronto's personal finance expert, Rabina Ahmed-Hawk, joins us right off the top here this afternoon on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, City of Toronto says they will be in a $1.5 billion deficit at the very least. Do we have any idea just how much debt not only the city but all levels of government are eventually going to end up in, or is that to be determined? Yeah, I mean, it's to be determined. I mean, the the public transit system, nobody is on there. Uh, Nobody is using any of the city resources. So any fees that they collect that way, uh, those are not being collected. I know a few weeks ago I was speaking to uh, Mike and Supriya, and Mike was really surprised that the city is not allowing property taxes to be deferred even more down the road. Uh, But really, that is one of the major ways the city collects revenue uh, to pay for things like garbage pickup and street cleaning and things that we don't even really think about. They just sort of happen. Uh, they're all paid through taxpayer money. Um, and if they don't collect those property uh, th- those, uh, those property taxes, they're going to have very little money to play with when it comes to just taking care of the city. Where that bill is going to end up, the COVID-19 bill, if you want to call it, um, it's definitely going to be in the billions. And Toronto is the biggest city in Canada. We have the biggest population. We are the economic engine. Um, we're going to have the biggest impact out of all the the rest of the country you bring up uh, property taxes let's delve into that a little further because one would have to expect yes with at the very least a one and a half billion dollar deficit coming out of this pandemic that property taxes are going up in the city and are going to go up significantly what do you think that means for individual homeowners and uh, families because there's some that probably can't sustain an increase that we might see in property taxes uh, when it comes to affording the home they're in right now Absolutely. I mean, right now, if you pay, say, $5,000 a year in property taxes, you could potentially see your property taxes rise to $7,500, you know, a 50% increase in just one year. So where are you going to find that extra $2,500, especially if you're someone who's lost their job during COVID-19, you're surviving on very little money that you're getting through government benefits or through EI, and you're probably going into debt trying to make all your essential, uh, trying to meet all your essential needs. Um, so that is a scary idea going forward that we could see property taxes rise that that quickly. You know, really, if you are uh, worried about that that money uh, not being available to you, uh, you should be putting some money away. If you are working right now, I mean, this is the advice I've been giving from day one: is that if you are still working, uh, don't use this time to spruce up your home and do some landscaping and uh, spend money on extra things. Really stockpile that cash because at any point, any 
anybody's job could be in jeopardy. I mean, even um, jobs in the public sector are not safe uh, from what is happening. I mean, if John Tory does what he says he's going to do, there's jobs that could be lost in the public sector, those jobs that are usually considered quite safe and, and quite rock solid, even through a recession, uh, because if they've got to cut money from the TTC or they've got to cut money from wherever libraries, that's going to come in, in, in the form of job losses, because that's usually where the big bucks can be cut is through salaries. You know, it is just mind-numbing. It just uh, boggles the mind, just the spin-offs that are potentially coming out of this uh, COVID pandemic. And when it comes to property taxes going up, and maybe there are sadly going to be a number of families who can no longer afford the home they're in in the GTA, what do you think that's going to do to the housing market, Rubina? Well, that's going to absolutely put pressure on the housing market. We've already heard from CMHC and Bank of Canada in the last couple of weeks, both organizations extremely concerned about Canadians' ability to make their mortgage payments. Now, a lot of reasons why mortgage arrears have not picked up is because many people have deferred their mortgage. In fact, 720,000 Canadians across the country have deferred those have deferred mortgages, and the majority of those are in Ontario. One in five of those deferred mortgages are in Ontario. So once those deferral periods are up, and if those people are not back to work, or at the very least not working at the hours that they were before COVID-19, and are still digging themselves out of debt, they may be forced to make decisions like sell their home in haste, which often means they sell it for less than they would have if they had taken some time and done marketing and waited around to get the right buyer. Those things just don't exist when you're trying to get rid of an asset quickly because you need the money and you can no longer afford to take care of it. And we talk about the numerous spinoff effects. Here's just another one. You talk about mortgage deferrals. We're hearing from several of Canada's big banks, uh, Royal Bank and BMO. Their profit has been cut in half. And they say that's essentially because of mortgage deferrals. They're not making as much money, in some cases losing money. And how concerning is that when we start hearing that the banks are losing money? And what does that then again mean for the individual consumer? I mean, can we expect in the short and or long term interest rates to go up and banking fees to go up because, you know, the banks are going to want to make back that money somehow? Yeah, so interest rates are largely con uh, controlled by the Bank of Canada. So it's very difficult for a bank to raise interest rates if the Bank of Canada doesn't, if the top bank doesn't raise interest rates. But you're right about the fees. They could bake in more fees in order to make up uh, some of the costs that they, you know, that they're losing. I mean, one of the, the biggest problems is, is that they need to put money aside um, in case mortgages do default because they need to have that money um, put aside so that they can take care of that. Um, you know, Normally, it's about a half a billion dollars, Royal Bank reports. Now they've had to bring that money up to $2.8 billion. So they have to just stockpile cash in case there is what people are calling this deferral cliff and Canadians are unable to make their mortgage payments. They need to have that money set aside to, to deal with those type of economic times. Now, people not paying their mortgages also means people not making those interest payments. Mortgages are banks' biggest business. That's why they market mortgages so aggressively because they make the most money off of them. They're long-term commitments that people make to pay the bank to borrow money. Um, and so th that is a big money maker for them. Um, definitely mortgages being deferred, they're losing money currently. Um, and then also no one is really going and getting a new mortgage because the housing market is quite slow right now. Real estate, uh, real estate sales are down or the number of sales at least are down. Prices haven't come down. And um, that is obviously hitting their bottom line as well.
Joined by our personal finance expert, Rabina Ahmed Hawk, talking about the economic effects of the pandemic, in particular after the city of Toronto has announced they will at least be $1.5 billion in the hole because of the pandemic. And as we mentioned, it's just not the city, Rabina. It's obviously the province. They're going deeply in debt because of this. The feds as well, uh, Ottawa. Another one of these spinoffs. Could we expect the sales tax, the GST, to go up? Well, the GST, if you think back to when it was created, was created to deal with uh, deficits, right? So that was the solution that Brian Mulroney came up with at the time because they wanted to get out of debt. And absolutely, I mean, Canada is not a country that really loves austerity. They don't like to cut services. They like to somehow find a way to keep things going. And so the only way you can do that is by raising taxes. And I think that's one message that needs to be loud and clear, that we are heading into a time when the only way we are going to be able to pay for this time in our lives is by raising taxes in the future. Now, it may come in something other than the GST. I mean, they can't all of a sudden you know, make, we have the HST, they can't all of a sudden start saying that we're going to be charging you more. I mean, that might not be politically sound, uh, if you want to call it that, for the federal or the provincial government. Uh, but there may be other fees. Municipally, things will be happening. Provincially, things will be happening. The money has to be made up somehow. And then we have to revive the economy. So all of that is going to take money, too. So getting businesses up and running, providing them loans, uh, providing them assistance and resources in order for them to uh, to start a small business that might have been decimated during COVID-19. You know, you're absolutely right. It's such a delicate balancing act, isn't it, coming out of this? Of course, you don't want to punish uh, small business or business in general, retail business any further. So, yeah, perhaps a hike in the sales tax isn't exactly uh, the best remedy here. But is there any doubt at all? I think you just alluded to this, that there are uh, those that work for the government right now huddled in rooms, figuring out different ways to get a few more dollars out of taxpayers' pockets. New taxes are probably coming in some form or fashion. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw maybe a 1%, like a, a, if, 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 say, HST went from 13 to 14% or something sort of subtle and small that people could digest and not feel like that's really, you know, creating um, major problems in their personal finances, but still would be a big moneymaker for the province and the federal government. And I, you know, I, I think that's the only way. I mean, how else are we going to uh, get out of this situation where, you know, you, we talk about uh, the city of Toronto, 1.5 billion. If you think about uh, the country, I mean, we're hundreds of billions of dollars in debt. So it's not just a, it's not just a city of Toronto problem or an Ontario problem. It's a, it's a Canadian and in fact, a global problem where countries around the world are now thinking, how are they going to essentially pay for the fact that the economy has been shut down for two and a half months and could be for another two and a half months? I mean, even if we get businesses back up and running, how many people are rushing in to buy clothing right now or get takeout meals? I mean, it's really, um, just a, a poor a very a small fraction of people. I mean, I haven't bought anything since this whole thing began uh, because I just haven't felt um, comfortable going anywhere to, to purchase anything unless it's essential. And I think a lot of people are like me. Yeah, just finally, is this problem paying for the pandemic? Is it also generational? Is this something that uh, not only you and I are going to be paying for, but our kids and perhaps even our kids' kids? 
I don't know. I mean, we, people say that all the time. I know a lot of pundits will like to criticize the government by saying, oh, our grandkids are going to be paying for these debts all forever. And I just really think that's a bad way of explaining things. I mean, uh, we've had 9-11 happen to us. We've had world wars happen to us. We've had other huge economic disasters happen to us. And we have survived and our grandkids have not paid for it. We today are not paying for our grandparents' issues. And so I think that, you know, we are going to find a way. The economy will grow. Populations will grow. New businesses will happen. But it's going to be a very bumpy road. And this sort of V uh, recovery that a lot of people are talking about, I think, is really optimistic. I think we're going to be very slow and steady. And it's going to be two things. One, people are just not going to have the cash to go out. And the other thing is the psychology, the, just the psyche of people not feeling comfortable doing everyday things that they did before the pandemic began, that is going to take longer than anything else uh, to get those people spending again. All right, but this too shall pass. We shall overcome. I appreciate you ending on a somewhat optimistic note, uh, Rabina. A lot of doom and gloom, but a lot of real talk and necessary talk. Rabina, thanks as always. Thanks, Jeff.